Good afternoon to you all. Can you hear in the back? This 3.30 period on Friday and on Monday we'll be offering guided metta meditation. How many... Is there anybody here who hasn't done metta very much or hasn't done it at all? It's okay, don't raise your hand. Great. Good, I'm, I'm really glad to be the first person to offer you instruction. That makes me happy. This is a very powerful practice. And it's often taught in conjunction with insight practice for a very good reason. And part of the reason is that it helps ground the whole endeavor that we have here on retreat in wise intention. The second step on the Eightfold Path, which calls for orienting the mind towards goodwill and compassion and renunciation. So one way to understand what we're doing with the Vipassana practice is to understand that we're holding the whole endeavor with a kind of kindness, a kind of compassion. And it's important to realize that because sometimes, especially when difficult things come up in the mind, you know, the mind can get kind of punitive towards itself, judgmental and uh, demanding, critical, And when we're trying to do insight practice when the mind has turned in that kind of way, especially if we don't see it, it can be really painful and difficult. So establishing a field of goodwill, a field of safety in the mind can be very skillful. Grounding the mind in this intention of goodwill towards ourselves and others. In insight practice and meditation, we're practicing being primarily receptive in a sense, opening ourselves to -to moment-to-moment knowing of whatever arises and passes away without doing much picking and choosing about what it is. But in this practice of metta, meditation. We're using the mind in an active kind of way. We're deliberately eliciting through the use of phrases and through our intention this goodwill, this kindness. We're generating it. We're turning on the generation machine to actually call this quality forward. I'm going to leave a little bit of time at the end of this sitting for questions about this particular practice, but uh, I'll just touch on a few points and then we'll go right into the the guiding uh, of metta. A first practice principle with this is you want to start where it's easiest. 
In other words, you want to start this process of offering metta to a being for whom it's relatively easy for you to feel spontaneous goodwill. So traditionally, this has been thought to be, most often, to turn goodwill towards the self. But we find, for many of us in Western cultures, that that's certainly not the easiest place to start. So if it's possible for you to use the the self and there's a foundational goodwill, then that's a really good place to start. And if that's more of a problematic uh, place to start because of your particular conditioning, then pick someone else. So you might want to think of picking uh, a good friend or picking a benefactor or even picking, you know, your dog or some public figure uh, for whom you have a lot of respect and appreciation would be another choice. So you want to start where it's easiest. Uh, A second principle in the practice is you want to make some sort of connection with that particular being. So this could be calling up an image of the person. It could be um, remembering a photograph of them. It could be kind of having a memory of the sound of their voice or, you know, felt sense of what they're like. However, it's easiest for you. You We're all different in terms of what our easiest sense access is. So you want to make a connection with that being and you, you want to keep that felt sense of connection with the being to whom you're offering metta throughout the meditation. Um, then there's the intention to express goodwill or to offer goodwill towards the, the being we've chosen through the use of phrases, internal phrases. Um, and there are a number of different ways you can use the phrases. You could make them your own, make them meaningful to you. So classically, it would be along the lines of, uh, may you be free from danger, may you be free from mental suffering, may you be free from physical suffering, may you be well and happy. Or you could say, uh, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be healthy and live with ease. But however you want to word it, the general direction is you, you want them to be safe, you want them to be happy, you want them to, to have well-being. Now, for some people, words is not really the way to go. For some people, it could be 
you form the intention to offer metta and maybe you, for instance, visualize a green light or going from your heart towards them or something and you generate an image of them being happy and well and safe. So there's some creativity in this practice and finding your own way into it uh, can involve some experimentation. One of the questions that often comes up is what to do if you don't feel anything? Because we can really get tripping on this if we try to do metta and there's not a big upsurge of open-heartedness. We can really get tripping on ourselves. I can't, I can't do metta, you know. <laughs> My heart is dried up and shriveled and, uh, you know. Well, the good thing is, you know, sometimes it can feel as if the well is empty. And yet, it's really more a matter of just continuing on and priming the pump. That's, a, I guess, a country expression out here. But, but it means if, if you have a well that's got a pump, sometimes, you know, you can be pumping it for quite a while before any water actually starts to, to come out of the, out of the pipe. So don't worry if you don't feel a lot of resonance. It's, you're generating the intention to bring this quality forward. And the intention in Buddhism, as you, you may well know from your studies and training, is the most important thing because it, that's, it leads the mind in a particular direction. It sets the path on which the mind is going to go over time. We could say metta uh, is an answer to that desire that we have to go in a particular direction towards a sense of well-being and safety and connection with others, towards goodwill, towards friendliness, towards having a home, finding that place where it feels that we belong and others belong too. We can all belong there. It's a skillful thing to do, especially if the mind has a lot of fear or if the mind is feeling shaky or it's not sure um, it belongs, it needs to settle, settle down. It can be really skillful at the beginning, for instance, of every sitting period, even uh, the Vipassana practice periods, to do, say, 10 minutes of metta at the beginning, to collect the mind in this intention and in this place of safety and goodwill internally. It can be very helpful. And the last practice instruction I think I'm, I'm going to give right now before we actually go into the, the guided sit is metta 
can not only feel dry sometimes, but it can sometimes bring up its opposite. So you can have a meta kickback, especially if you're uh, trying to direct meta towards somebody uh, for whom you have a difficult relationship or ambivalent situation or and this can sometimes surprise us. This is again is where a point where we can get down on ourselves and say, I don't have any love. I tried to send metta to my say mother, and then I remembered all these, you know, times she you know she's cut me down and then I felt really angry and you know and get in a spiral with that. Sometimes it Metta, doing metta, can bring up its opposite state, which is ill will. So again, this is not a problem or a sign that you've got some permanent heart defect and can't do this. It's just what happens. And this is why metta is called a purification practice. Because things that are at variance with metta will also come up and be part of the field. So the general way of practicing with this is if those other things that show up and which may be at variance to metta are are less than 50% of what you're experiencing or if they're just kind of transient moving through the field, just disregard them, just continue doing the, the metta practice. Let them be there uh, in the background. If they come up and they become the predominant state and it's there for a long time in particular, then it's time to put the metta practice down for a while and probably turn towards that state and do vipassana practice with it. An alternative thing that you could do if you're having repeated arisings of difficult emotions in relationship to a a particular person is to do a change of the person and see if that makes a difference. So having said uh, enough now, let's settle. So you want to make yourself comfortable in doing metta. So this is a practice where if you start to get physically uncomfortable and you need to change or ease your posture, you should feel perfectly free to do that. It can be useful now to start with a reflection. And consider the value and the power of this particular quality of mind. To bring to mind what it feels like when this quality is accessible to us, when this is present.
what it's like when the mind is well established in this emotion, this quality of goodwill. When we're operating from this. What it feels like in the body. And we can reflect what value this quality has in our families when it's present. And how it feels in our communities when this is present and this is where we're operating from. This safety and ease. This goodwill. It's a wonderful thing to realize that we can develop this quality. We can strengthen it and make it more reliable, more powerful and steady. that through using our intention and our minds in this way, we can actually turn this into a power of mind. A foundational place of our operation, our expression. So now having the intention to develop this quality of mind, bring to mind either yourself or another being for whom it's relatively easy to feel goodwill. And allow yourself to connect with that being. Either through felt body sense or a memory of how they look. Or allow yourself to 
Feel your own body sitting if you wish to use yourself. Or maybe a picture of in your mind of yourself as uh, in the mirror or as a little girl or boy. And you may want to put your hand over your heart if that feels right. Touch the heart center with kindness and reassurance. And then in your own way of doing metta and with your own phrases, start to offer goodwill and care, desire for this being's happiness and safety, well-being. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease of well-being. May you know peace. May you be happy. And may you be safe. May you be healthy and strong. and live with ease.
May you be safe. And happy. May you be healthy and strong. And live with ease of well-being. May you know peace. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong. May you live with ease of well-being. May we all be happy and safe.
May you be healthy and strong. May you know ease of well-being and peace of mind. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong in body and mind. May you know ease of well-being and peace. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong.
and no ease of well-being. May you be happy. May you be safe in every way. May you be healthy and strong and live with ease of well-being. May you be happy and safe in every way. May you be healthy and strong in body and mind.
May you know ease and peace of mind. May you be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong and live with ease of well-being. May you be at peace. Now allow yourself to become aware of those sitting around you. They too wish to be happy and safe. Healthy and strong. and to live with ease and safety. And allow yourself to extend your wishes for well-being to include them.
May you too be happy and safe. May you be healthy and strong. May you know ease of well-being and safety. May we all be happy and safe. May we be healthy and strong in body and mind. And live with ease of well-being. May we know peace. May this quality of loving kindness strengthen within us for our benefit and well-being and for that of all beings. May we establish our minds in love, unshakable, extending to all beings without exception. May peace prevail on earth.
Are there questions or reflections or comments on what you noticed? Yes? Yes, would you comment on sending metta to uh, deceased persons? Yes. The question was a a comment on sending metta to deceased persons. If I was going to answer you from the Abhidharma, you know, the, the, the... very detailed meditation manual that was developed after the time of the Buddha, but has a lot of very specific instructions in it. They would say, if you're trying to concentrate your mind to use metta practice as a jhana practice or as a concentration practice, it's better not to use people who are deceased. And the reason for that, I think, as they would say, you know, using the Buddhist cosmology, once you've passed away in this life, you're not like that anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Grandma doesn't look <laughs> look like that anymore, so you won't be able to uh, develop a strong, felt sense of connection with that person. That's what they would say for that specific reason. But if we're doing it um, as a way of cultivating the quality in ourselves and we find a resonance with someone who has passed over that is heartfelt to us, I'd say, go ahead. Yeah. I offer uh, metta sometimes uh, for people in my family who have passed away, especially for the ones who are recently passing away who might be in the zone, so to speak, the transitional uh, zone. You'll know when you try. When you try, see if you get a ping back. That's that's. Uh, you know what I mean. So, for instance, if you're if you're offering metta to someone who is living, you know, part of the instruction is get a felt sense for that person. You know, a kind of resonance back. So, if, when somebody who's passed. See if there's a resonance back. If there's still a resonance back, then that can be fine. How about other folks? Anybody find this hard? Boring? Go ahead. That's okay, go ahead. I started purposely uh, bringing that into myself as a child at different ages. 
Did everybody hear that? So it's a little bit very specific. <laughs> not well, it's specific, but I I'm sure you're not the only person in the room who has had that experience in doing this practice and that experience in childhood. So thank you for asking that. So one way I'd respond to that is um you might want to consider using an image of your adult self actually holding that child or holding her hand or her sitting on your lap or, you know, where there's adult supervision there, clearly adult supervision with the, the understanding that that protective uh, adult part of yourself that can take care of things is, is now, there is now accompanying that younger younger version i would i would give that that a whirl you know when we're doing this meta practice there's there's an interesting point to it and and what you said kind of goes in that direction which is we're wishing this is so so one way to think about the mind of meta is the it's the if it were up to me mind, right? If it were up to me, you would be happy. If it were up to me, you would be safe. That this is my intention uh, towards you. And then sometimes uh, the way this is trained is is then there's an imagining, an actual imagining of that being being that way. Their well-being being kind of caused by our way of wanting them to be, seeing them become happy as part of their well-being. Um, yeah. So, so work with it. And, you know, and with meta, you know, the basic rule is if it gets too tough, you know, if it, if it starts to get uh, too wild in there, go to some place where it's easier. You know, just re- redirect a little bit, collect yourself. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was saying that part of the way it, it was enjoyable and groovy for a while, and then it got to where it was sort of boring and uh, seemed rote. Yeah, and you, you'll go through those cycles with it. Sometimes it might feel very vibrant and alive and your heart is just right there with the phrases and you feel open and it's easy to feel the person you're offering meta to and it just flows along and it can be very calming and concentrating. Other times it feels like you're just 
punching the Dharma time clock. Ding, <laughs> ding, <laughs> ding, ding. And that's, and that's the way it is. That's how we open it. Yes? So he said there was fear at the beginning, and then when he put his hand on his on his heart, then it it exploded I, in a good way. I take it <laughs> it exploded in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes just that that act of you know touching yourself kind of reminds you that there's adult supervision there, and it's kind of like a, a physical version of positive self-talk. Okay, baby, it's okay, baby. It's okay. You know, mama's here, daddy's here, you know, whatever that, whatever that represents. There's some biological basis for that, apparently. Anybody else? Just out of curiosity, what what do people do uh, use in terms of their phrases? Does anybody use um, like a, a visualization of light or something like that going towards the person? Yeah, a few people do. And what color light do you use, or is it just generic light? What is that? Yeah, red. And how about what color do you use? To, Golden, and somebody over here. A sense of energy going going towards, and and how many people when you're establishing connection with the uh, person you're sending metta to use a visual image of them. Uh huh. And is that uh, how many people f- for whom uh, who use a visual image use kind of like a photo kind of image of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about, uh, how many people use like kind of like a mirror kind of image of them? Yeah, some people. And how, how many people for whom it's a felt sense of the person? Oh, body sense of them. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, so we all have our different sensory ways into this, this practice. Uh, and just in terms of the phrases, what do people, what do people use? Do you, um, what are some of the phrases? Anybody willing to share what they use? Yeah. I'd like, um, may I be happy just as I am, or may you be happy just as you mm-hmm. are. Anybody else want to share? Yeah. I like a Mary happy and I miss going on to free or yeah. Happy and I miss. Mm-hmm. And usually except myself and others. Mm-hmm. 
healthy, protected, and find compassion and liberated. He's got a beat going with his phrases. Anybody else wants to talk about their phrases? Yeah. So these are all beautiful and individual expressions of this. So you can take the, the phrases and make them your own. And, and you might find when you're doing this practice too that the phrases that you use vary a little bit depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> I say talking to. Offering the offering. It feels like it, doesn't it? I mean, if the visual image is strong, to me it feels like I'm talking to the person. <coughs> some kind of way. So make it make it your own. Find your, your own way with this. And this is a very, very powerful practice. Uh, don't underestimate it in any way. Is it all right to create your own phrases? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. The question is, is it all right to... Um, Create your own phrases. Yes, it's all right to create your own phrases. Yeah. No. I recently sat with a teacher who uh, um, talked about, um, especially when you're doing meta with a difficult person, mm. how, because uh, somebody had asked the question, well, you know, when you're doing meta, how does it work? Like, how, you know, <laughs> metaphysically, like, uh-huh. being sent out and then. I thought it was really cool what she said in terms, especially in terms of the physical person. That ultimately you're 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 only doing meta. You're not sending anything out to anyone but parts of yourself. Hmm. So in with the physical person, you're really dealing with that part of yourself that is having the difficulty. Mm-hmm. She, she was talking about uh, what are the metaphysical effects of meta, and she asked this question of a teacher. Uh, you know, when you're sending meta out to a difficult person, what, what's the actual effect? And the teacher basically said, well, the actual effect is you're not really doing anything to that person. You're offering uh, the mind of meta towards a part of yourself that you find unacceptable or difficult. So we'll just close with one more thing before we do the walking, which is the fruits of meta practice. Have you heard this list before? the fruits of metapractice. Okay, so this is to further incentivize you to go meta and go big. Okay. You will sleep easily. You will wake easily. You will have pleasant dreams. People will love you Devas and animals will love you. Devas will protect you. 
external dangers will not harm you. Your face will be radiant. Your mind will be serene. You will die unconfused. You will be reborn in happy realms. That's not a bad package. (laughs) So thank you all. So uh, we've got some walking now uh, before tea. So... Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.